I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so we're back. We got old Zach uh, zooming back. in. See Zach's, yeah, he's got, got my his, Duck Commander uh, hat on. Out hat on. Oh, yeah, it's Duck Commander. I see that. It's I had to put my glasses retro, on. Zach it's Retro Duck Commander with the Hunter's Orange. For those of you who aren't watching the podcast, well, <laughs> you wouldn't wear this in a duck bond, would you? Yes. No, we would not. But it it is if retro duck commander fits us all well because that sounds like this this table. We're retro duck commander. We, we all used That's to true. work there. But you know, it was interesting, Dad. So my granddaughter is working now at the duck commander store in the tour, and I it hit me that we now have had four generations of people in your um, your patronage that work at Duck Commander. It's pretty cool. I mean, you think about that. Yeah. How many people are still alive when their great-granddaughter is working at the business they yeah, started? That's incredible. 50 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I got to where now. I look around in the morning and say, good night, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> he surprises himself every morning. I'm not that old. 76, you know, 76. I've seen some of them old coots at 86 and 96 moving around, you know. Yeah. Tearing up stuff, whatever. What's the old joke? The, uh, the I wake up every morning and read the obituaries to make sure I'm not in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of how you feel. About it. <laughs> so, Jason, well, what well, have you been doing? What have you been well, up to? Well, I've been on the road. But speaking of old age, so I went and I'm chopping wood. I'm chopping my neighbor's <laughs> wood. And, you know, I have. You some- do it like Vladimir Putin without your shirt on? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> But my neighbors, you know, I got some weird neighbors, but because uh, they're from California, that was a joke. And uh, <laughs> but you know, and we're we're close to them. We're because in Jesus, you know, you tear down oh, these, great these walls of. I mean, because I would consider them yuppies to the highest <laughs> extent. Would you agree with that assessment? <laughs> I don't know, but if if you gonna, <laughs> you know who my neighbors going to nickname somebody uh, in this world. If their nickname is Yuppie, that's a good good sign. Yeah, because boy, it it goes downhill after that. <laughs> so it's a weird transaction. Uh, you know, they don't have outdoor skills, but they're living next to me, and so we kind of have an arrangement. But they have chickens. Yeah, because they're so organic. They were organic before oh, organic yeah. was cool, and so they supply a lot of eggs. And uh, so I've cut numerous. Uh, wood for them you know we had a couple hurricanes and you know I, I saw i think they lost eight trees the last hurricane and i cut up every one of them so and we they they burn fires like missy does and so when well, he purchased three trunks three trees from somewhere and just had them come deliver them but they were huge and i was like Look, there's a there's a level you reach on the size of a tree that you need a professional. I I, I don't have the equipment, and so it took me a month to saw it up. I mean, I, I, and I got it all sawed up. So now I'm busting it, but it's like you know you hit it and it's like hitting a brick wall. Oh yeah. And uh, so anyway, so I I was chopping a little wood a couple of days for our trip, and that's kind of the backstory because I felt perfectly fine. But the day that we were going to the event, this is in Grapevine, Texas. We went to the Bass Pro. Oh, yeah, the Bass Pro. For kind of the duck family treasure uh, appearance. It was me and Murray and Jeff and and all our wives came, which I had to bribe Missy to come because we went to the set 
of the chosen, which was was awesome. So I'll tell you just a little the backstory. But anyway, about the cutting wood. Well, when I woke up, so it's been three days since I cut that wood. I couldn't move. My back hurt, and I was like, I've done nothing. <laughs> last two or three days and i was trying to figure out so maybe when i cut that wood and when i did that motion of the axe i was like yep that that so i i was literally that whole day i mean i got up and spoke and i just persevered you know a couple of ad born went on endeavor i, I to felt persevere. like i could not move yeah i feel better now but well so, if it helps your feelings any there's thousands of little blurbs in all of the Matt Dillon shows and all the old westerns. There's thousands of blurbs about somebody cutting up wood. But look, it's best to get it like this. Not like <laughs> small. That. Well, yeah. for you listening, he, he, he showed a very small piece of wood. You know, you're talking of sledgehammers and wedges. Wedges. Right. Well, look, I had a. It, it's therapy for me. I mean, th this was a weird. I mean, now that I'm, I, I had no no plans on. Well, this is your story. neighbor. Look, were I, you being paid any remuneration no. oh, for I, this? Yeah, it's, I, okay. it's a martyr. I knew you weren't going to go down that road. <laughs> well, here's number one. I love my neighbors, and not just because the Bible says so, which that is probably the number one reason. Yep. But I really love them. They love the Lord, and we're. I just love their family, and I love it that they, they we have nothing in common besides. We love chickens in the yard and Jesus. That's it. That's the two things we have in common. But the guns. He's a he's a gun guy. He is a gun guy. Yeah. That's so true. we have that in common. Yeah, he's big. Yeah. He's All big right, in with the, the Navy SEAL guys, uh, special ops. That's kind yeah, of his, he is. Yeah. his world. Which we both love. Yeah, we love them guys. So I get okay. We have more in common than I thought. But I mean, just day to day things. Anyway. So I'm out there, and and uh, Missy's dad, he hears me uh, cutting wood. I didn't even know they were there, but I'm out there cutting wood, and uh, he's like, "Why are you doing this? Because if you, I need, a, I'll take a picture, and maybe y'all can post it. I mean, this this has been quite the project." And he's like, "Why are you doing this?" And I said, "Well, I like doing this." I said, it's for my neighbors, and I like cutting wood. I said, it's kind of your way to decompress. It, I said, it keeps me from becoming angry. And he said, do what? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> he, he said, I've never seen you angry, and I've been around you for 30 years. because you've been and cutting said, wood. Because <laughs> I've been cutting wood. I said, every time I get frustrated, <laughs> I said, now, I'm married to your daughter, and you know, and she's one of the greatest women on the planet. I, I, I. I preempted what I was fixed to say by that. I said, but you know, there are times where tensions will, will mount, <laughs> disagreements happen. And I said, and you can now know when that happens. Yep. And he said, well, how? I said, when you see me out here talking <laughs> So anyway, I don't know why, why we're off on this, but uh, you took so us there. I, well, I was telling, I was telling her dad, I was like, this is this. He's like, well, I would like to try, but I, I feel like if I swung that one time, you'd have to take me to the hospital. <laughs> take me to the hospital. I, I like, would advise, yeah. just me knowing Larry, I would advise against. Well, I was. That. And then one I, thing that'll keep you from running your mouth is an axe and some big and, wood. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to, we, we set this up where we were going to go a day early and go to the set of The Chosen. We love that show. And Missy, 
I mean, it's just one of her favorite things. She she uses it as a resource. And now she, they're filming about an hour away, right from Dallas. Is that what I'm? Yeah, they're somewhere around just north of Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. And uh, so they were filming like we were. So we're going over there on a Friday, and they, but they were only filming till like one thirty, and so we had to get up early because we wanted to be on the set. So usually, look, my wife. Every six weeks, she has been in a vehicle going to Dallas with our daughter for the last 18 years. And she'll go the day of the appointment. She's never had a problem. Right. And so we were doing the math. We were supposed to be there at like 11. So it would give us a couple hours on the set. Everything's great. We're going along. Well, all of a sudden, we slow down on the interstate. And I have to tell you this story because I'm like, this is one of the things that when you see something in society, you're like, what, what? are we here now so we start slowing down and we look up and you know the they have these apps now where you can see how the traffic is this will probably blow phil's mind but so they'll they'll actually turn the interstate or the road you're on they'll turn it red as yeah. in for the four, next red is full stop. Yeah, fourteen miles. Really? It is a lockdown. Yeah, yeah they I do need, it all from satellites. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So we look, and it's just a complete shutdown. And so we're we're barely moving. And first, it's like you know, no big deal. We got a must be a wreck or whatever. And well, we go about two or three miles, and then we get about thirty minutes in, and they're directing us off the interstate. Uh-oh. And I thought. Well, I hadn't had this happen before. I mean, we're like leaving the interstate. And every time we there's a place to get back on it, there's a cop car that's saying, you're not getting back on it. So it has some kind of spill or something. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, your mind is right. working with me. So I so I start looking up what has happened. Yeah. And uh and so basically they all we could get there was a stalled vehicle on the interstate. I was like, Well This can't be right. Why, this can't be right. So anyway, Missy's driving, and speaking of, you know, tensions are mounting because this is, it gets into an hour delay, and then we get into two-hour delay. I mean, we're moving at a snail's pace, and we're not even on the interstate. So Missy one time tried to make a move, and I was like, I wouldn't do this. I would stay with the herd because the road she was going down, there wasn't any cars. I said, I wouldn't do it. And she's like, but she's checking the uh you know, the maps right. said, go here. I was like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so she did it. And, uh, well, when we got to where to get on the interstate, there's a cop car. <laughs> Can't get on it. She's like, well, now what do we do? I was like, well, I told you I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. So we, she turns get around. That blame we, so now we've added another 20 minute. Cause we had to turn around. Right. So now all of a sudden we're getting to the estimated time arrival at two o'clock. Well, now we've missed the whole, the whole reason we're going, you know, so I would say tensions got a little high for about five minutes. <laughs> there was and no wood to chop in the car. No wood in the car. <laughs> so she says, I think we need to just pause and realize, I mean, this is just out of our control. I mean, she kind of had a, had a, had a, to your point, uh, Phil, she, I was like, yeah, let's just try to have a good attitude. So what, as we're, cause her detour actually carried us over the site, the overpass of where this happened. So now I'm looking at it and they have one, there's a, there's a big 18 wheeler in the middle of the road, kind of catty corner. There's enough military, I mean, military and cop cars. It looked like a movie set and they have one of these robots 
you know, the on, on tires, it's like looking into the vehicle. And the the uh, the way to get on the interstate, I don't know what I'm trying to say there. The ramp? Yeah, the ramp on that side is clear. And I'm like, well, why don't they just let people on? Because when it came out, it was behind where all this was happening. Yeah. So I thought, well, it's got to be some kind of chemical spill because they've shut down. I mean, you could just get on right here and go. But here's what, what here's what threw me off. Well, the other side of the interstate, it's fine. There's cars coming. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. So it turns out they thought, because I the more research I did, because we had to go way around, and they thought it was a, a possible bomb. Yeah. When you but said robot, thought, that's what I thought. Well, what about all these people on the other side of the interstate? It's like they shut down the interstate for miles going west. Yeah. But They're nobody still thought east. the bomb, There's you're letting traffic go 50 feet. So I just thought, this is what's wrong with our society. We have all these rules. Every police force in the world got sanctioned to shut down traffic. You just think about. You go for my, I mean, miles and miles, and you're shutting down every people? access to the interstate with roadblocks. I mean, I saw hundreds of police vehicles throughout this this venture. But then when that happened, I, and it turns out, guess what? Ran out of gas. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let's let's take it's a better break. than a bomb. <laughs> So there's a lot of people trying to figure out ways to have more energy. Some people drink coffee. Some people drink these, um, what do you call them, the energy drinks. You know, that's real popular sometimes with young people. We've got a, a product uh, that's sponsoring our podca- podcast uh, called Super Beats, uh, and they provide energy, but they do it in a, in a healthier way uh, maybe than some of those other ways. Uh, it's plant-based heart chews. It starts your morning routine off right. You don't have that caffeine crash uh, that you get from the others. It's clinically researched grapeseed extract, and it also promotes heart healthy uh, and better blood pressure as well. Uh, so you want to check these guys out to make it easy and to get you started. Uh, you get up to 45% off plus free shipping. If you go to superbeats, that's B-E-E-T-S, superbeats.com slash Phil. So it's the best offer available anywhere. Superbeats.com slash Phil. You're going to get 45% off. Superbeats.com slash Phil. Quote, to quote a famous philosopher, it ain't got no gas. <laughs> So you ran out or the truck ran out? The truck ran That's out. That's why it was sitting That's there. That's why it stalled. It stalled because it didn't have any gas in it. And we shut down miles <laughs> of road. We got delays for hours. Well, I wonder and where I the bomb that, but, threat came from. Well, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, now who knows? But I'm saying in our society yeah. now, it is such a violent place. And there's so many bad things happening. Now, I'm sure they just swept that whole incident under the rug it was hard to that's find what i'm saying and who, who somebody should be called into <laughs> called in somebody should get fired over that the, somebody yeah. made a bad call is what exactly. happened there. that's what i thought and, and the 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 fact that you're allowing the the vehicles to yeah. go and enter is ridiculous but we had a positive attitude and when we got free when we finally got back on the interstate so what was the almost total three time? Hour, you, three, almost three hours. Oh, my goodness. And how like, far did you go in that three hours, would you guess? Well, not very far. I mean, I'd say 30 miles. 
probably. Yeah. I mean, that's probably how many miles they had shut down of the interstate. Yeah. Yeah. So what? what is that? A mile an hour? Yeah. So, uh, or no, what is that? But somebody did the math for me. But anyway, so, that, but then we get a text and, and from the contact for the chosen. And they said, this, we have really, you know, had a slow morning. We're now filming till 4.30, so take your time. So I thought. See? You were right, babe. Because <laughs> oh, it didn't matter to You're us. We just didn't want to miss it. Right. So now all of a sudden we're going to be there at You're 2 happy o'clock. Again. They're filming till 4.30. I was like, it's like it never happened. And she's like, no, be careful. It did happen because it was very frustrating. So I told you that whole story to say. when we So we get to the set and... We and we put they let us put headphones on. We're looking at the monitors, and it's in a building because they're doing in-house scenes. So we put on these earphones on, and it literally—I mean, we walked in, and we put the earphones on, and we're watching the monitor, and it's the Jesus character, Jonathan, yeah, talking to uh, talking to a guy. I can't tell details, and so. They're just having a moment, and we're we're about ten seconds into the scene, and I thought, "Boy, this is good." I look over at Missy. I mean, tears are just streaming down her face, and I was like, "What just happened here?" I mean, and so the director came out, Dallas Jenkins, who we had on the podcast, and uh, you know, Missy's wiping her eyes, you know, and he's like, "What's wrong?" Missy's like, "If I could just explain this morning," and then all of a sudden. <laughs> I just see my faith in action on what I believe in. And so we watched that. She wouldn't scene. have had that same reaction had I, you just drove straight there. I That's think so. Probably, you know, yeah. at, but now I have to admit, I mean, we watched the same scene till they, you know, till four thirty, ten different times. Yeah. Because they, they just that's yeah. their deal. You know, they have two By the cameras. Way, based on the last operation on your daughter's mouth and all. I mean, how how'd she do after that? Well, she's doing. I mean, it was a tough couple of weeks, but she's doing great now. I mean, she turned the corner. Did this make it better on her breathing and all, and just everything seems to be to be fine. Yeah. Oh. So that was what was weird too. We usually go to Dallas for that, and this was actually something totally to different. meet with them. It was awesome. We uh, and so then the next day we go we go do the event, and I was telling Zach before we started airing. Really, the number one draw to all the people that we and and I apologize that we couldn't see all the people that showed up. I'm so thankful you showed up, you know, and we love you and thanks for the support. But it was way too many people. Just couldn't. You yeah. got thousands of people, and you got you know a few hours to see them. It's just impossible to see everybody. But the number one thing that came out of that was the podcast listeners that came up. I mean, from people. Unashamed Nation. Well, it was a group of girls, teenage girls, who who have Bible studies every week around our podcast, and there was multiple conversion stories and people sharing videos of their husband or their dad being baptized, and they were all hooping and hollering. And so uh, I just wanted to, to thank everybody, you know, for showing up. And then after that, we went to go have dinner with uh, Dallas and his wife and kind of just reconnect. And it was, it was an exciting trip. So I'm sorry I took so long, but I, I just, it was an interesting trip. That's encouraging though. The, uh, it's, it, our, the people who listen to this podcast, it's funny cause I don't, I don't refer to them as fans cause it's not, not really here to be entertained. They're, 
they're participating in the Bible study. You go back, you go look at the Facebook. Uh, there's a Facebook page we talked about, Unashamed Nation. There's, that's a whole community that's been developed out of the Bible study that's happening here. And, you know, they're ministering to one another. It's pretty cool to see what, what's happening out there. Oh, it really no. is. Look, I was moved. I, I'm not, and, and I was kind of making fun of Missy for being moved, but I'm going to tell you about the fifth time I saw that scene. I, I, I was moved. I mean, and I really appreciate what those guys do. But then the day of the event, I mean, I was moved several times just hearing the stories and how, how God is moving. And it's not us. I mean, we're just, we're not experts. We're not scholars. We're believers who are sharing in this Bible study with you. And we looking into what the author wants for our lives. And that's basically what we're discussing. Well, and that's what makes it different. I think from just, you know, most, a lot of podcasts are for entertainment. Uh, there are a ton of them are just like people doing like a books almost. And then a lot of them are current events, politics, you know, and a lot of those are successful, but I think that's the thing that makes ours unique is that, you know, blaze has given us a great platform uh, to be able to talk just about Bible. And that's when they approached us. That's what they said. They said, we want a biblical, spiritual view. And I was, they said, you think you can do that? I said, I, I think that's right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, in view of us reading this, I'll just read one text that uh, I gave the little congregation where I speak. I gave it to them yesterday. First Peter one seventeen. when we're reading, just remember when you're reading all of what's going down in the book of Hebrews, going from law to grace and the person who brought that to us since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially live your lives while you're on this planet I added that live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear so if you walk around in today's culture and you're living your life as a stranger in reverent fear, that's saying a lot. Well, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from your empty way of life. He's beginning to tell you about the price of sin in God's mind. And you handed down to you from your forefathers. But here's how you we came to be. With the precious that's of great worth, precious, with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. They were putting the animals, getting ones without defect, the blood had to flow, a picture of what was to come. Well, without blemish, or that, he, was a, he was chosen, and here's a kicker that I just want to throw in here this morning. Before the creation of the world, you say, before the creation of the world, God had decided the price that had to be paid for our sins. It's a view of how God views sin because the price that was paid is through the creator of the cosmos for crying out loud. You say, man, that is a, that is a wild thought. Only one person, God himself, God said, I'm the one who's going to bleed for you with, with this sacrifice of my son. A lamb was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times, 2022 years ago. This was written in about 60, so it was a lot closer. 
for your sake. Through him, you believe in God. Yep. Who raised him from the dead. Yep. And glorified him. Yep. So that your faith and your hope are in God. He's the one behind the whole thing. And it was all worked out in advance of the creation of the world. You're like, you talk about getting ready and well planned out. Just think of that. Mm-hmm. Before the world was here, he said, here's, here's what's going to go down. Nothing was a surprise to him. Right. When it comes to sin, death, love, hate, nothing was a surprise to him. Nothing. So here we are, his children, looking at the book of Hebrews. That was written by Peter, an ordinary and unschooled fellow. How, how in the world could that fellow have grasped this concept before the creation of the world? Of a commercial fisherman out there catching fish, you'd say, and that's the one who's writing this? Yep, that's that's the one that's telling us about it. Amazing. Pretty amazing. Let's take a break. So we've been talking a lot about judgment. Uh, We were talking about the flood. We were talking about Noah. We've been talking about all these different things. And so there seems to be God in the past, especially throughout the scriptures, he's definitely chastised people by weather, by a lot of different things through the years. And we talk about those end time judgments. So one of our uh, sponsors, uh, which is my, my Patriot Supply, their, their thing is always be ready. It, it may not be a judgment of God, but bad things are going to happen. And so when they happen, you got to be ready. So what they provide is emergency food. And so if you go to preparewithfield.com, you're going to save $50 on a four-week emergency food kit supply. Uh, from My Patriot Supply. Uh, The meals are tasty. They're easy. They give you over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength and energy. Uh, We've got, they kind of come in a big plastic tub, so you can keep them for 25 years. They'll last. So preparewithphil.com, save $50. You get that four-week emergency food supply kit. It gives you peace of mind, and it comes straight to your house. Preparewithphil.com. No, I like it. Did it go over well? Did your lesson hit home yesterday? Nobody moved. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the audience and I noticed one. So of they my, didn't get that run out, I guess that's They didn't get it run up. One of them one of them was Jep. Old Jep was sitting there. Yeah, he, Pico. He, and Jep never moved. He was just <laughs> and I looked around at everybody else. There's something about when you speak about everything already being worked out before you ever they showed up the world was here. They were like, What in the world? And then the price was so high. Yeah. I mean, blood of God. Yeah. You know, God became flesh so he could bleed. Like first, uh, over there in the book of Hebrews, we're studying, you know, right. since the children, the human race, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So you have perfect blood, the perfect sacrifice, nothing else would do in God's eyes. So his jurisprudence system and his way out was all on his doing, but it is profound to even think about it. So that's a, that did a great summary, basically, of everything Hebrews 1 through 10. <laughs> that's why I just thought I'd I throw like that it. in. That's good. Well, well, well I was going to add, too. I, I thought, you know, when the morning on I was studying, here we are in Hebrews 11, which you think, oh, I got Hebrews 11. I mean, this is probably one of the most talked about chapters in the Bible. Would you agree with that? Uh, certainly by us, yeah. I've always yeah. Loved it. But, you know, when you look at it from going through the whole book, you, to me, and I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, he seems to really be putting an emphasis on these basing 
your faith and your trust on his promises. Yeah. Because he can't lie. He's he's not going to change his nature. And then you see, and especially in 10, 11, and 12, you almost see this, you, you see their condition. I mean, they're they're turning their back on Jesus or in that process because, I mean, those first 10 chapters are, let's focus on Jesus. And even even 12, I mean, when he gets through 11, he's like, so since we have all these witnesses, let's do what? Let's get out of the sin that so easily entangles and let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And he had just brought that up in chapter 10. When in verse 26, we talked about it when he's like, if you deliberately keep on sinning after you've received uh, the knowledge of the truth. And he, he goes back in 32, 10, 32 to when, remember when you were fired up about this and you were standing your ground and don't shrink and back. The only thing you can tell them, it's what they already know. Well, right. And so to me, it seems like this the, kind of the same narrative of the whole Bible, which is. You've got the evil one and, and his entourage giving you empty promises. I mean, think back to, to Matthew 4 and Jesus himself. You know, here comes the evil one, and what does he do? He, he gives empty promises right. to, to Jesus. And uh, Sadie actually did a really good—I heard her speak one time. At, at some, she did a really good job on that, the promises of God versus, you know, empty promises. But uh, we should have her on and discuss that maybe, Zach, if you can make that happen. But yeah. then—because then, cause then it, it, you're kind of reading between the lines because when you get to chapter 12, you're going to see that there were some struggles, struggles here in their everyday life. I mean, there was evidently a lot of sin, open sin going on, and their marriages were under attack, which is not unlike when you start fast forward in here a couple thousand years. Nothing it, has it, changed. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like these are different people in that they were, you know, Jewish Christians or whatever across the ocean, but you just see how. It, it's not it's not our struggle Ephesians 6 says it's not against flesh and blood you know you're not married to the devil contrary to what you know you say in that right. it's it's there's a spiritual war going on and Jesus is victorious in this and God has given him to us to you know he started in the first three verses he's speaking to us he's revealed himself through his son right so when you get here to see this faith, I mean, these stories are so fantastical that they're just hard to wrap your head around the degree of faith that these guys and gals showed. And it gets to the end, and my whole point of this kind of review before we get into the nuts and bolts, where in verse 39, before we read all these these stories, and they're stories everybody's familiar with, but we're so familiar with, I think it almost, we don't realize how how awesome these this display of faith was that they did but it says in 39 and 40 these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised i was fixing to read that verse god had took it right out of my mouth god had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect and that's kind of why i did this overview of where we're at here because we kind of have two world's meeting from a time standpoint you know those before jesus arrived and those after 
Yep. And uh, it's just something awesome in here. And we're we're using the same thing. We're, there's a vehicle, an organ, I guess, that God decided for us to use to see the unseen, which is faith. And that's what we're going to discuss. And the idea that it's always been there. <clears throat> that's why I think 11 is such a brilliant chapter because of all this we've been, the Hebrew writers been talking about to now, going, I mean, copy after copy of the old covenant. There's this, there's this, there's this, Jesus is better. Then he comes here, and you're right, Jace, he weaves throughout human history, Jewish human history, but all, really all human history, because some of these predate yep. the nation, everything, that faith was always the thing. It was always pointing toward Jesus. Then Jesus got here, and now it's always been pointing back. But you make a good point, Jace. I, I talked about this uh, yesterday in my sermon. Let's take a break. Uh, the the tension, the reason why there's tension, I was in 2 Corinthians 12, um, you know, with Paul and his thorn in the flesh. And, you know, I talked about it. Sometimes a ministry can be a grind, you know, and I think life can be a grind depending on when you're going through something. But there's a tension that's existent because the devil is still here. You know, we're saved. We're anchored in heaven. Our faith in Jesus, we know how it's going to end. We win, but you're still having tension because you're dealing with weak weakness in yourself and in other yeah. people. And so it's really an interesting back well, and forth. Well, it's strange. The sermon I heard yesterday dealt with that very fact. And uh, you know, he, he the pastor made an illustration. He's like, for some reason in the religious world, you have a group of people who overemphasize. It's like there's a demon in everything. And he, he told this funny story about this pastor and his wife they had in their house, and he was going to speak. But everything was like, it's like the story I told about having the traffic problem. They're like, I mean, the devil just doesn't want us to get here. I mean, the devil, you know, does every little the demon thing. in that truck. Well, he, he, the story he told, it was like the wife, she didn't show up. For when her husband was preaching, and he was like, what? And he was like, where's your wife? And he said, the devil stole her pantyhose. <laughs> and so she couldn't, well, she obviously forgot her pantyhose, but she was too embarrassed to come without them. So she just said, the devil. But his that, point was, if you, I were that guy, that would be my next sermon. The it devil was so, stole my oh, pantyhose. It was hilarious. The crowd was laughing. But, and so then he's like, then you got... People in the religious world who underemphasize it. Yep. I mean, they're like, just oh, all that's gone. That was the Old Testament. Yep. You know, I mean, there's no spiritual war. Plus, uh, can you think of anything though that might have got around him? Jesus, Creator, uh, sinless, miracle worker, the way, the truth, the life, the King, mystery man. The resurrection, cast out demons, bread of life, preacher, healer, healer of all physical or spiritual ailments, redeemer, reconciler, guarantees, servant, immortal, Lord over all, the seal. I mean, mind reader, you, 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 you start looking at the one he chose to bleed. And his resume is astounding. Astounding. You should write a book on that. 
Yeah, I'm working on it. Resume of Jesus. Look, I think, yeah, I think well, when, you, when you get to Hebrew, get a close up to that. <laughs> here's my notes up today. That's, Jace, we're, this is we're going to turn that into right. a book, Dad. <laughs> Better bring a magnifying glass and some kind you, of uh, interpreter. You have, to have a talent, you have to have a talented team to bring Dad's scratchings and into And this it. is all coming from a C-plus mind. C-plus just, ministry. Just took a look at it and said, whoa, what in the world? So is that what we say? So when you get to Hebrews 11, it's interesting to me because I, I never really understood what faith was until um, probably about 15 years ago. I read a book by Francis Schaeffer called um, True Spirituality, which just opened it up for me because I, I grew up thinking that faith was a leap into the unknown. Um, and there's also a trilogy that he wrote that I read as well the same year. But up until that point in my life, for me, faith was it was jumping off the cliff and hoping, you know, just hoping against all hope that someone was down there to catch you. And, and, I, and I thought that the greater the risk and the more unbelievable the belief was and the greater faith I would have if I believed in that. And so it's like this leap into the unknown. Um, when I started reading Schaefer's work, he, he eliminated the scriptures for me. I'd never understood that faith is, is knowable. I mean, I mean that, is, that is in the Bible. And so when you read, you get to Hebrews 11, it rounds out. It is, it's not just an example of men who had faith. It's actually an explanation of what faith is. And you can go back and you can read all of these patriarchs and their stories and you can see how they obeyed God. And you know, to Jason's point that he's made on the podcast the last several weeks, that faith is directly tied to revelation, meaning that God reveals, God speaks to us. And, yeah. and then faith is simply believing in the promises of God. And that may, you may not understand what, what, what that even looks like. For example, in Hebrews 11, there's an interesting phrase in here when he talks about Abraham in uh, verse 17. He says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, whom he had received the promises. That's another point, too. We, he didn't receive the ultimate promise, but he, we do receive little promises here while we're here on earth. But he offered up Isaac, who was offering up his only begotten son. And it was he to whom God said, in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. In other words, when God made the promise to Abraham, I'm going to give you a bunch of grandkids. He was pointing at Isaac and he said, I'm going to do it through that guy. And then he says, I want you to kill that guy. And so listen to what Abraham did. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received back as a type. So in other words, he thought that God was going to raise his son from the dead. It's not what happened, but he actually got God's plan wrong on how God was going to do it, but it didn't matter. He just believed that God was going to do it. And that's faith. He was, he was sure of what he hoped for, and he was certain of what he was not seeing. But when the world sees men and women of faith, it helps their faith. When they look at oh, the absolutely. ones who are marching forward by faith, when the human race looks at that, that's how many, many, many are convicted to say, I, I, I don't see the Jesus actually walking with them, but I see how they walk, and it's in line with how he walked. There's some, something going on here. So that's the. That's your, why he wrote that. That's why he. That's why he gave us the, this passage here. These are examples of men who had faith, right? And we're yep. to all obviously carry this on. But yep. like, how many of us? How many of us though, when we approach 
you know, faith in God, it's like we want God to run by. Could God run your plan by me and let me know how you're going to do it? And it was and then I'll jump. It was several this. thousand That's years. That's not faith. No. Several thousand years. It, they didn't receive it at first. They, I mean, Jesus was not. A, he wasn't on the scene. But once he came yeah. on the scene, the blood goes back, and their faith it it, it protected them and saved them. Well, to Zach's point, though, about that story, I mean, so so God gives the promise to Abraham, and then all of a sudden, well, years go by. But just put yourself in that situation. We know how the story. Well, if you're Abraham or Abram, you know, you're you're like, well, when? I mean, I'm getting old here. It. I mean, forget to you know the fact. Why do I get we're out of we're, we're not. You know, we're gonna sacrifice him later. <laughs> So it's like we have a promise, and then you you have him when you're a hundred and ninety. So you're, and which I think was the foundation for for Abraham to yeah. realize this is possible. Because when you think about it, he had already seen life come from death. Theoretically, when you're a hundred years old, you're not going to be having any kids. No, but he did. Hey. So life came from. Because I think there's somewhere where it's You're pretty well out of luck at 76. Hang on, let's take our last break. So what? But what I was going to (laughs) say is, so then you have a, 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 a test because you get to 22 of Genesis. Which is about 35 to 40 years after Genesis 12 when when Abraham was gone. Yeah, now we're going to sacrifice him. So... You got to realize he's thinking. Well, wait a minute. The, the, God has given a promise. Now we have a test, but his, his what he's asking me to do seems contrary to what he said, because he's an, a promise keeper. He can't lie, and this would actually be murder. Uh, I believe. Well, we you know God is not for murder, so somehow <laughs> he reasons. That he must can raise the dead because it can't. He's not a murderer and he's not a liar. So he must because the plan is gonna happen. It's like me telling you, Jace. I'm gonna do this as quick as I can, but but God has told me (laughs) to to sacrifice you. So suck it up, and uh, (laughs) you'll be back in a little bit. So because I because I think he's he can raise you from the dead. He said that's. I said so. So just rest easier. It would have been difficult to do, Jace. Yeah. <laughs> Raise the knife and slaughter one of your own children. I don't know. Well, that's a lot of Look, faith. I, this is y'all going to laugh at this, but Missy and I was talking about that movie that Hollywood came out a few years ago about Noah. Russell Crowe was in it. And I remember when it, when it came people. out, I thought, what, 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 what is this? But Missy's like, I like that movie. And I was like, did I like it? And she said, I think you did. <laughs> And uh, I said, I'm going to go back and watch that movie. And uh, so I did. I watched it last night and because we're we're here. And, yeah. and and look, okay, before the religious people, you know, have a, have a conniption. We have Hollywood taking on Noah. Well, we, we just yeah. got to go right off the top. There's going to be a few issues, all right? <laughs> but, but as I watched it, what, you know, I gave them a pass because – they were trying to make sense of it all. But I legitimately think they were trying to wrap their head around this happening. 
Now, now we've all read read the story, but a lot of the things really where we have the problem with what they did, how they artist, you know, did their artistic impression. Well, most of that stuff was stuff we can't agree on either. True, like the rock people yeah. were were the uh, Hebrews. I mean, the Hebrews. Uh, Genesis six, right there, where it says. What does it say? The, the daughter, the, the yeah, the Nephilim and the giants and the. Remember, we talked sons the whole podcast about yeah. that. What, was that the fallen angels? It's mysterious, it, yeah. for sure. Well, so okay, they turn them into rock people. Right, well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, why is that so crazy when everybody else in the religious world has a crazy idea on who those who people they are? are and you know, you say, well, why did they do that? Because in their minds, they're like. Well, that was a big arc. So how in the world did they cut the trees? I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I, you know, I brought up the firewood thing. We're talking about a boat that was four stories high and one and a half football fields long. You can actually see it if you go to Kentucky. They, they've got a Using replica. primitive weapons in a place that's not primitive known tools. for their trees. Right. So they had that. And how long did it take him to it was build over it? 100 well, uh, over 100 years. Well, over 100 years. Well, maybe he had some rock people who were with these <laughs> giants that helped out a little bit. You know what? I'll give them a pass on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then defended the rest of the modern civilization who obviously would have been trying to kill such a crazy man. So, you know, I, I those were things that they were trying to make work. Yeah. And I'm like... When you watch it, and there's a scene about he, because they they looked at it from Noah, because I you know I, I just watched it differently, honestly, yeah. and and I I thought it was a noble effort. I actually enjoyed the movie, but now if you're gonna try to follow along with the Bible, you're gonna hate it, <laughs> because they were like, well, I had to think in their mind, well, why did they make Noah so weird on the boat? Why it's like he had a mental breakdown. Because I think they were trying to rationalize. He really struggled after all this happened. Remember, he gets drunk oh, yeah. and all these curses. This because so, in his mind, he thought God is destroying the planet. And I'm because it, it, it. I tell you, here's what bothered bothers people: is it showed that no one is they were weak and they mm. they were scared and they were because we as religious people we always want to we're like well they. These are the pillars. They're in the hall of faith. But when you really think about it, they were weak. They messed up. They were humans. God worked through them. But look, he put them, I mean, all the way to the test. Because can you imagine actually being a part of this whole scene? Well, can you animals imagine? from all over the world coming and getting in a boat and everybody's going to die? And you've got to deal with that in a practical imagine way? Can you imagine looking up and realizing you're the only eight people left on earth? Now, I mean, I, I love our family, but if, if that's all we had was just eight of us, that'd be a little bit intimidating. Well, that's what that's why I said that knowing the garbage that Hollywood puts out, they actually tried to get it right. You know what? I give them a hard pass on it. I mean, that, good job trying because they were trying to wrap their head around it practically from Noah's perspective. Right. You know, it's just hard to wrap your head around something like this. Are you kidding me? You're going to sit there for 120 years and be the only person in civilization who says God is real. And look, who got it right? I know it's never rained. You don't even know what that is. It's never flooded. We're 100 miles from the nearest ocean body of water. 
and I'm going to build a boat. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you don't think there's there's no psychological trauma from believing this? And your family's looking around saying. And he was touted for his faith. This is the guy we're By going with? By his faith, he condemned the world, became an heir of righteousness. Plus, we know this, the culture of that time was so bad. I mean, the whole everybody, they, every, all the other people it were. was the biggest joke there was. was Look at these guys. Like, and they in the movie, a big old boat, and they'd say it's going to be a bunch of water. But here's what happened. On the movie, you know, you had this army that came up because they're looking at it as something, a fortress. <clears throat> oh, okay. Did they make it up? Yeah. But you know what that's called? I'm in TV. I know what that's called. It's called a B story. <laughs> well, Jace, have, by the way, by the, the way, story. <laughs> yeah. by the way, hey, if some visitor pulled down at the edge of this hill right here, where, where we are right now, and I walked out there and I told them, and I did my, I could show them like this, Al, all that that you see down there. See that big field, the hay field down there, that where they're cutting hay? Yeah, they're cutting hay there. Look over there. Look at all the trees down there. I said, listen, in, in three weeks, there'll be water knee-deep to waist-deep right here, right out there, right in, my, right in this yard within a 50 yards of where we're seated right now. Water will be up to there. They would, most people would say, you, you are kidding. I said, no, I'm not kidding. You mean well, you're going to drive down in a vehicle right now, but th in a month— this river out here could be here, and my boat would be parked there, and I'd be puttering out there with my boat. They would say, no way. They'd, well, that's be, hard they'd, to imagine. they'd find it hard to believe. It's hard to imagine this, Zachary. Right? I mean, that's my point. You wrote a book called Uncancel. Can you imagine being the only person in your culture who is saying there is a God, and we're going to trust in him? And I mean, you're talking about odd man out. Oh, and so what is the Bible when and you look at Noah? he was saying for 100 years. I mean. And not only that, he was a preacher of righteousness. Hebrews, you know, says he saved his family. I mean, it's easy to live right in a church building because everybody agrees with you. You go out there and you're the only person in the culture right. only... who is defending God and who he is. Okay, it's just hard to wrap your head around it. But to go back to your point about Abraham and Isaac, I mean, when you insert yourself in that situation, it's hard to wrap your head around. Oh, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to trust in God. In By that. faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, there'll be water right here, a lot of water. You're going to need a boat, Noah. He said, the water's coming all the way up to here. I said, it's a pretty dry spot on the map. I mean, you know, we're 100 miles from, from the closest. You're saying what? It's all going to be water. When warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, uh, there's not a lot of holy fear these days when it comes to men of faith. It's not there. He built an ark to save his family. By his faith, now just think of the weight of this. He, Noah, condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that comes by faith. What a... Oh, what a read. Hey, if you ever wanted a verse about leading your family despite the <laughs> that's, culture yeah. situation, that's it. All right. there it is. We're out of time. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, Ooh, that was quick. we'll flesh this out a little more in the overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. 
And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.